It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here's an observation that I posted on social media this morning. And and you may think this is superfluous, and I don't care. Uh, It's just I'm kind of making fun of it because the Senate made a big deal out of it today while we're worrying about the damn gas price and war with uh, Ukraine and and, uh, Russia and all this. And we we, we have come together by keeping daylight savings time. So... Uh, while we're getting rid of daylight savings time by keeping daylight savings time, there will be no need to fall back, right? We will not need to fall back. But this is kind of weird because Joe Biden has made the country fall back to 1978 with Jimmy Carter as president. Because we're dependent on oil from OPEC and inflation is going through the ceiling and the next is going to be interest rates. So we have technically fallen back to 1978. So maybe we should just focus on if we fall back or spring forward, we should go by decades instead of just minutes, hands on the clock. Because technically, right now in America, we're living in 1978. Right around there. Right around there. Now, now, Democrats are acting like it's 1968 with regard to race relations in the country. So uh, there you go. We got that. So technically, it could be 1968. And then you've got leftists on American college campuses who say it's 1863 with regard to uh, black people voting and, and these voting uh, referendums to assure that there's uh, you know an accurate vote count in different states. They're saying that that is Jim Crow and all that stuff. So that's like you know years and years and years ago. So technically the Democrats with regard to uh, elections, they're saying it's 1863 all over again. But, but, listen to this. Listen to this. This is very important here. The left wants us to fall back to, like, the Middle Ages with no fossil fuels and zero carbon emissions. So, technically, it's also the Middle Ages. So, uh, if you're going to be a Democrat, it can be all of those things. It can be 1978, it can be 1968, it can be 1863, and it can be the Middle Ages with regard to time. We need to hear our montage again here. Yeah. You had the time of your life. Now the time has come. Time. Time is on my side. Time out. Five o'clock where I am. It's the time of the season. Picking away the moments that make up the dull day. That is fantastic. That is a Ken Decker, the producer of this radio program. He put that together. I feel like I should be Casey Kasem. And now back to the countdown. Let's go to, uh, we got a caller in Dallas who wants to comment. Dwayne in Dallas is on the phone. Hello there, Dwayne. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hello. Uh, I think we need to have presidential savings time because our country was so much better off with lower gas prices, no wars. And America felt great about itself. So can we please have presidential savings time? Yes, we need presidential savings time, as Dwayne said, to go back to when uh, Donald Trump was the president. I am with you 100%. 100%, Dwayne. This goes out to Thanks Nancy for the call. Pelosi, crying Chuck Schumer, and all the other career politicians in the fake news. Kick, 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 kick. Presidential savings time. I like that. 2018 all over again. How about that? You want November 4th, they call President Joe. 
news said yes, but we all knew no. But one year in and Biden's gone way left. His reign is based on lies and government theft. You've got to fight for the right of the party. What do you think about it? You've got to fight for the right of your party. To Sean Farish doing the Trump impersonation here, by the way. Adam Kinsinger and Liz Cheney. Kicking them out is a no-brainy. The stupid GOP needs to be reinvented. They're focusing on daylight savings. <laughs> In Democrats' heads, I live freely rented. Come on! You've got to fight for the right of the party and the right that you have as Americans. Big, beautiful people, I have to say, you've got to fight. I'll be back in the White House more sooner than later. Please be sooner. Like like now. Of all the presidents, there has been no one greater. Pelosi's going down and so's the miserable squad. We will end their tyranny, so help me God. They don't end us first. As a country, that is. We've got to fight. For the right of the party, okay? We've got to fight so hard. Fight like hell. Fight like hell. When I am back in the White House, we party, okay? And we're going to party like it's 2016. The Clinton campaign is going to be crying again. It's going to be great. Check with the Young Turks. It's going to be melting down. It's going to be a sight to see. Fantastic things. Glorious. For the right of the party. That doesn't include Mitch McConnell, by the way. Or Kevin McCarthy or Lindsey Graham. So you should know. That's a... I am Donald Trump, and I have heard this message. See you in 2024, if not sooner. Hopefully a lot sooner. Thank you, Mr. President. Okay, that's... Uh, like I said, Sean Farish is his name. Uh, I frequently post his material on my... Uh, on my social media pages at Rob Carson Show, 52% of Americans surveyed in a Wall Street Journal poll uh, do not believe the president, uh, Joe Biden, will seek re-election. Only 29% think he will seek a second term. I personally, and uh, and I don't mean this in the uh, untoward way, it's just reality, I'm not sure he'll be alive by then. All right? I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, as someone who's had uh, many relatives with uh, dementia, moved into our home when I was a kid, you know, you know, the poll found that 41 percent of Democrats think that the president will seek reelection. Thirty two percent do not think he will do so uh, if he if he does, if he is alive. And, and I, I hope and pray he is alive as a human being that he is alive in 2024. He will not be able to run for president. So let's just end the discussion. And, and if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, then listen to what he said yesterday. Uh, yesterday he was talking about, what was he talking about? He was talking about um, the husband of the uh, vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, has COVID, and he referred to her, uh, Kamala Harris, as his first lady. So 
Yeah, uh, Joe Biden, here he is. But there's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of First Lady's husband contracting COVID. That would mean that Joe Biden has contracted COVID. But that's not what he meant. Look at this room and what you see. That's Jill telling him, hey, honey, 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 honey. Uh, Yeah, I'm the First Lady, and I didn't give you COVID. I think you're talking about Kamala Harris. Yeah, she's that lady over there. I know you forget her name all the time. She's the one that says this dumb stuff. Yeah. That's right. She's fine. (laughs) The dear leader made a joke in all of his confusion. (laughs) He is so wise. The second lady, the first gentleman. About that. Wow, there you go. That's uh, that's the president, Dan. That's that's who. What, what, hold on. What percentage of Democrats think he's going to run? Forty-one percent of Democrats say that guy, that guy is going to run in twenty twenty-four. Sure, you betcha, you betcha. Um, also, by the way, this is uh, the White House is deploying. Are you ready for this? If you were thinking about um, touting Joe Biden's achievements as president, which are all achievements, but they're all negative. Uh, like inflation, uh, the price of fuel, uh, uh, the Ukrainian situation, Afghanistan withdrawal, uh, dismantling of the uh, the Keystone XL pipeline, all of this stuff. Um, those are his achievements. I don't know if you want to uh, tout them, but uh, they're going to deploy. <laughs> they're going to deploy Kamala Harris around the country to uh, tout Joe Biden's achievements when she gets back from uh, you know Europe, where she stopped uh, Russia from invading Ukraine. Because she was going to do that, and now she's back over there. I say that Russia actually invaded Ukraine because they sent her over there, because she said, you really can't be serious, and certainly you're not a threat if you send her over there to be your envoy. So let's just, uh, guys, let's just go ahead. Uh, yeah, let's just just go ahead and invade. Harris will reportedly use the trips to address infrastructure, expanded broadband access, and key executive orders signed by Biden. Uh, there is no indication if she will directly talk about the poorest southern border or her assumed responsibility for it. I don't think they're going to cover that. The president of Ukraine was speaking to a joint session of Congress saying, we're getting crushed here. We need your help. We need a leader. We've got the bat signal in the sky. It's a giant T for Trump, and he can't answer it, (laughs) you know? It was uh, right now the economy. Now, listen to this. Let's think about it. Right now, the economy is heading toward a possible recession once interest rates uh, begin to rise, and they're going to. Gas prices exploding. Inflation out of control. Hiring is inconsistent. If that's not bad enough, America's foreign policy is melting down on the world stage. Our Arab allies won't take phone calls from Biden. Okay, The Taliban rule Afghanistan. We gave them $85 billion worth of equipment, which they're selling to enrich themselves. They're more powerful than they ever imagined they are. China is on the march toward Taiwan, and Russia has invaded Europe. And Joe Biden thinks the first lady's husband has COVID. On top of all that, you got Kamala Harris completely face-planning on the world stage during her trip to Europe. (laughs) The last chance for sentient leadership is supposed to come from Biden. Uh, I don't think so. There you go. 70% of Americans uh, disapprove of Biden's handling of gas prices, by the way. Which means that 70% of Americans uh, blame Joe Biden for gas prices. And it is honestly uh, a slap in the face to you and me. Uh, I like to say that there are we are dealt indignities constantly by this president. We were in dealt the indignity of 
uh, not being energy independent anymore when he canceled the Keystone XL and canceled all sorts of drilling permits around the country and did what he said, which was make us energy dependent on others. There was the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, which demoralized the country, which ashamed, which shamed those who served there. And now he's saying that uh, even though gas prices went up by a dollar and a quarter before Vladimir Putin invaded Russia, that it was all Vladimir Putin. And the reason why inflation is because Vladimir Putin, even though, by the way, for the year of his presidency, he never said, well, the reason why the gas prices are going up and food prices are going up because of uh, Vladimir Putin putting troops on the border with Ukraine. So it's just a joke. And then you got the water carriers in the media, like CNN, who are saying that we are perfectly cool with high gas prices because uh, because Russia. But as you mentioned, people we've spoken to over the last couple of weeks, they're okay paying higher prices if it means holding Russia accountable. For- now, we did a survey of people in the CNN newsroom. That's the uh, people we surveyed. We didn't bother to talk to average Americans, just people in the CNN newsroom. What they are doing in Ukraine. But these prices are likely going to creep higher, Kate. We'll see how they feel in the next week or so. Kate? And the big question, the big unknown. Oh, I'll tell you what they're thinking about right now, and I can't say a lot of those words on the air. Seven in ten of Americans uh, think he's handling uh, the economy and uh, inflation and gas prices uh, poorly. Poorly. And he doesn't know who the first lady is. And the reason why I bring this stuff up, and, and, you know, I could dive right into Ukrainian conflict. I could dive right into whatever issue of the whatever. But here's the deal. I, I know what is most important to you, and I know what's important to me. And that is I'm worried about the future of the country because we have a bumbling, incoherent, as the president of the United States, we've got Russia on the march again. We have talk about a nuclear conflict, at least in Europe. Can't afford to fill your cabinets. You can't afford to fill your tank. That's why I start with this stuff. And the time change. That was dramatic. I just did that for comedic effect, actually. Soaring gas prices have forced 61% of Americans to cut back spending. The poll found that 81% of uh, American adults say rising gasoline prices are a serious problem for their personal budget. 81% of us we don't live high on the hog we aren't the swamp we have to experience pay cuts in our lives and spending cuts in our lives washington dc never has to do that bill maher he's uh he's a little freaked out about the the wokeness and and i tell you bill maher i usually don't give uh uh, you know, medals for showing a, a modicum of common sense. But uh, Bill Maher was uh, being interviewed by Ben Shapiro, and he decided he wanted to talk about the woke culture and what we've been sold as a bill of goods in the last few years. Look, I'm, I haven't changed at all. My politics hasn't changed. They've changed. People say to me sometimes, you know, have you changed? No. It's, it's that five years ago, no one was talking about defunding the police. Yep. I never heard that phrase five years ago. That's not me changing. That's things changing. I'm reacting to it, as I've always been. Um, you know, letting three-year-olds decide what gender they are. This wasn't something five years ago. Free speech, you know, used to be a, a left-wing thing that we were proud and owned. And now that seems to be under attack. 
So again, I'm, I think I've stayed the same. Free speech was never a left-wing thing. The left-wing, he's absolutely incorrect here, and he should know better. Free speech is not a left-wing thing. The, and, uh, the left-wing is the antithesis of free speech and always has been. Free speech used to be what people consider to be a liberal ideology, and that didn't really mean left or right. The left sort of co-opted it. Liberals in college were those who generally sided with left-wing causes. The left does not support free speech. Traditional liberals did. Now, about 30 years ago, when I was in my 20s, I realized that uh, liberal did not mean open-minded as it once had, because the class of 1968 had hijacked it on campus. And, and consequently, uh, it's not about the left wing. The left wing does not support free speech. Some on the right don't support free speech. I support all free speech, and if you want to listen to it or not, that's your business. That's what the Constitution is all about. But as far as, and it may have been a, a slip of the tongue from uh, Bill Maher or whatever, but the, the left has never been about free speech. Liberalism was supposed to be about free speech, whether you side with Republicans or Democrats. Uh, that's what it's all about, kids. That's what it's all about. Left wing. Hey, guys, it's Carson. While we have every indication President Trump is planning to run in 2024, has yet to formally announce his intentions, But as you're probably aware, he's been actively holding Save America rallies with one just this weekend in Florence, South Carolina, and one this coming weekend in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. As we wait to see what's next for President Trump, Mike Huckabee is on a mission to teach our kids about Trump's achievements during the first term and his vision to save America. Governor Huckabee's team has put together the Kids Guide to President Trump, and he wants you to have it for free as part of a great free gift bundle. To get your free Kids Guide to President Trump gift bundle, I want you to go to trumpkidsguide.com. That's trumpkidsguide.com. But please don't wait. These free gift bundles have been going quickly. Grab one for your family before it's too late at trumpkidsguide.com. Let's move on to Jesse Smollett, shall we? Jesse Smollett is uh, in jail. He's going to be in jail for, uh, what, 175 days Black Lives co-founder and a trained Marxist Patrice Cullors, who resigned from BLM among controversy about her personal wealth, says that he has been sleeping on a restraint bed, which I'm thinking probably isn't too uh, uncommon or unfamiliar to him. But anyway, uh, here is Patrice Cullors, who is a, a shyster who, whose uh, entire movement was based on a lie. Her organization, Black Lives Matter, is basically under investigation for fraud. But here she is talking about uh, Jesse Smollett. I'm in Chicago and was able to see Jesse today. And he's strong, but what's happening inside is just, it's just unacceptable. Um, Today is the first day that he's going to be able to get an actual bed. He's been sleeping on a restraint bed. um, Which some people are kind of into. Honestly, we just need folks to keep tagging Free Jesse. Um, I doubt there are very many people using that hashtag. And the last thing is we need folks to challenge the misinformation and disinformation around this case. Okay, there you go. The misinformation and disinformation of the case when uh, it's not misinformation or disinformation. The evidence was so overwhelming. And just the story from the get-go was laughable, was absolutely laughable. And anybody who still believes, you know, the guy was found guilty. Uh, There's no doubt that what he did, he did. And honestly, uh, he is a crybaby, little snowflake millennial. Not saying that all millennials are like this, but um, honestly... 
what a little snowflake who's obviously mentally ill. He's got some form of Munchausen by proxy that he needed the attention that would come from a fake hate hoax that doesn't exist. Uh, Yes, hate does happen. Yes, there is racism in America. But this honestly was a laughable. And for those of you who don't question his uh, mental state, listen to him again at his sentencing. I'm not suicidal is what he said. Okay. I'm not suicidal. Then he decided that he was going to say that he's a victim of racism and anti-gay hysteria. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years. He stuck his fist in the fears of black Americans over 400 years of history. The fears of the LGBT community. Okay, of the black community and the LGBT community, he stuck his fist into their fears, into their fears. Um, here is his bro uh, talking about uh, Jesse in jail. So Jesse is currently in a psych ward um, at Cook County. Oh, I can't imagine why. So what's very concerning is that there was a note attached to his paperwork today and put on the front of his um, jail cell saying that he's at risk of self-harm. Yeah, I, I think he is because he's nuts. Uh, and they also, one of the things they're saying is that he is at risk of uh, getting COVID because he's immunocompromised. Now, he's presented no evidence that he's immunocompromised, but uh, they're now saying that uh, the COVID pandemic is an ongoing pandemic as of March 2020. Two, the pandemic has caused more than 445 million cases. Uh, incarceration in a, pris- a jail or prison setting poses a heightened uh, danger to Mr. Smollett's health, including being immunocompromised. I want to just make it clear to folks that he is in no way, shape, or form at risk of self-harm. I kind of question whether or not, just because he's so bat guano crazy, that he might self-harm, maybe even try to end his life so he could be a martyr for a cause that isn't there. I, I'm not I'm not kidding. These are things that I kind of been thinking about because he's he's bananas. He's bananas. And then his family came up. They, they Somebody called somewhere and, and did a threat. Now, uh, think about the original, you know, why police were called to his home and he went to his home with his Subway sandwich still intact with a noose around his neck. And think about that acting job. And then listen to this phone call. This is almost like right out of um, uh, central casting as far as a threatening phone call. Hi, this is Lives Matter. Okay, all right. So, uh, seriously, uh, I wonder if he cleared his throat and went, <clears throat> he'd sound just like Jesse Smollett. I just kind of wonder. Because <laughs> you know? all of a sudden, this threatening phone call. I mean, listen to this. This sounds fake. Hold on. Let's let's hear it again. Hold on from the top. Listen to this. This is fantastic. Yeah, hi, this is uh, Lives Matter. Yeah, and, and on the phone they're showing it, it says unknown. That's the caller ID was blocked because that was a threat from obviously a Trump supporter uh, who supported his attack in Chicago. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, but certainly could be Emmy Award winning in the next Emmys. Anyway, um, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki apparently is now shutting down uh, the possibility of going to uh, import oil from socialist Venezuela. Now, apparently, the problem was <laughs> that Hispanics in this country really, really reacted in a negative fashion because, I don't know, the country's uh, run by a dictator. 
And it, it's funny that whenever they try to be uh, very pandery, it always blows up in their face, it, you know, in an outrageous way. Uh, you know, and it always kind of backfires in a number of ways. So they decide that, you know, hey, listen, listen, hey, hey, here's the deal. You know, I, I know that uh, we're looking maybe in Iran and stuff to get our oil and stuff. Let's go to Venezuela. There's a guy there who speaks Spanish who's the leader, and I think that could translate to some Hispanic votes. What do you think? Okay, let's go. Send them, send them, send them. We'll talk about it when they get back. So apparently, uh, while multiple establishment media sources uh, claimed the American team uh, went to discuss a potential oil deal with Maduro, the dictator, while confirming the visit did not mention any such conversation, America sanctioned uh, Venezuela's national oil company, Petrolos de Venezuela, and blocked imports from Venezuela under President Trump in response to Maduro's extensive human rights violations against his own people in 2019, and uh, because for some just self-destructive, idiotic reason, we would rather, instead of getting oil from our own reserves, from our own oil companies, from our own land, we would rather deal with despots. And apparently it is uh, blowing up their faces like uh, Wiley Coyote checking on the uh, keg of dynamite when the uh, the plunger wasn't working. You go over, blows up in his face. That's kind of what happens with this administration. <laughs> I do want to mention um, President Zelensky of uh, Ukraine addressed Congress this morning, delivered a uh, arousing speech. I'm not sure exactly what's going to do. He uh, invoked Martin Luther King Jr., 9-11, and Pearl Harbor, by the way. And what is happening in Ukraine is absolutely unacceptable in a civilized world. Does this president hold any sway over the decisions that Vladimir Putin makes with regard to anything? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Here's a little bit of uh, President Zelensky this morning with translator. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, Americans, in your great history, you have pages that would allow you to understand Ukrainians. Understand us now. This is kind of like if uh, you've seen that where... uh, So Batman, the signal's in the sky, and Batman is not responding. He's out of commission. That's kind of what's going on with the United States right now. You need it right now. When we need you right now, remember Pearl Harbor. Terrible morning of December 7, 1941, when your sky was black from the planes attacking you. Just remember it. Remember September the 11th, a terrible day in 2001 when evil tried to turn your cities, independent territories, in battlefields, when innocent people were attacked. They live that every day. That's what they're living every day. And it's heart. Breaking and and yesterday I was I was just you know doing my show prep and and there are some things that I just uh, I cannot watch. We have to. Now, there was a a teacher and a bunch of students in an underground bunker essentially saying we're out of food we're out of medicine we're going to starve to death here. There was a, a civilian who was ordered out of his vehicle his family still inside held his hands up outside of the vehicle and was summarily executed by the Russian soldiers as the soldiers approached the vehicle, took the mother and the children out of the car and hustled them off into the brush. And there's no telling what happened after that. I believe, and I think most people believe, including 
Trevor Noah from Comedy Central believes that this wouldn't have been done if Donald Trump were in office. There's several of these uh, funny uh, video clips from Donald Trump as the President of the United States as a world leader, including one. Have you seen the one where he goes to meet Vladimir Putin and he grabs Putin's hand and literally almost pulls him off of his feet to get him over to him rather than walk toward Putin? I'm not kidding. It's right. It's like, wow, wow, wow. And then uh, there's another one where he was with a group of world uh, leaders. I'm not sure where where it was at the UN or whatever. And he just went right through them to get in front because that's the United States. We lead. We don't follow. We don't sit back there. We lead. We lead. We have earned that position in world history as a leader. Unfortunately, uh, we're taking a big whiz on that right now. This is uh, Senator Mike Lee with his uh, response to the uh, speech by Zelensky and, uh, and with regard to uh, no-fly no zone. Their desire to have further U.S. involvement. He'd like to see increased sanctions uh, uh, against Russia. Uh, I, I suspect some of those may be coming. He's also asking for a no-fly zone. Now, the uh, the White House had a uh, a Zoom call with a bunch of these uh, TikTok influencers, these Gen Z people. They had to explain that a, a no-fly zone had nothing to do with designer jeans. Nothing at all. Be imposed. We have to keep in mind, this would amount to an act of war, and as such, it would require authorization. Now, I've uh, not been a fan of the concept of a no-fly zone since the beginning. Uh, as far as providing Ukraine with support, uh, there's been talk of bringing in some MiGs from Poland. Yeah, let's do it. As long as Joe Biden is the president, we can't recover from this position. If the only way we do is we're going to get ourselves into really, really hot water. Because if we try to negotiate after the fact from a position of strength, it's going to be more than we would have had to do a year ago. Here is Senator John Kennedy talking about uh, Joe Biden and his backbone and how he doesn't have one. I think that uh, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, particularly in this instance, uh, President Biden has a, uh, he has a wishbone where his backbone ought to be. American and NATO Air Force Base there we go. in Germany, <laughs> where they would be transferred to uh, Ukraine. That President Biden said, no, that makes me nervous. Well, there are other ways we can do it. Uh, we can have the Ukrainian pilots go directly to Poland and pick up the planes and fly them back. Um, Poland can truck the planes to the Ukrainian-Polish border and have the Ukrainians drag them across. There are a number of ways we can do it. That said, here is a general, a former General Jack Keane. I should say he is a general. He's just not, uh, uh, he's, he's retired, talking about uh, Joe Biden and the opportunities that have been lost. I mean, going back to 2021, when Putin put 70,000 troops on the Ukraine border, we had a shipment going in there that same month, March and April, uh, that was scheduled from the Trump administration of arms and ammunition. And the Biden administration delayed it to August. No, whoa, 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 whoa. There you go. So there's the uh, the Biden administration. They had the opportunity. Uh, Donald Trump had something uh, going. He had decided not to send blankets and socks to the Ukrainians like uh, like Barack Obama did. And what did Biden do? They delayed it. 
And then when they showed up in the fall after the Afghanistan fiasco with 170,000 troops, we delayed another shipment. They had the opportunity to do it back then. They did not do it. And consequently, we're dealing up, uh, dealing with picking up the pieces that have been left by indecision. Uh, and this has been the case with Joe Biden throughout his entire history. He has never been known for making wise decisions. If you uh, if you asked a, a single Biden supporter what his greatest accomplishments were, you'd scratch your head. <laughs> you'd go, really? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have been waiting to talk to this person for a while now, since she was elected and since she is uh, one of the people in Washington D.C. One of the one of the uh, the few in Washington D.C. Republicans who have cojones, and she wasn't even born with them. Lauren Bobert, Colorado House Representative, uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Finally, Lauren. Thank you so much, Rob. It is so great to join you. I'm I'm looking forward to our chat today. <laughs> All right. So, uh, do you want to be referred to as a firebrand, Spitfire, rabble rouser, Carrie Lake from Arizona? She's running for uh, governor down there. She took badass last week. So, uh, would you would you rather be a firebrand, a Spitfire, or a rabble rouser? I, I mean, I think a pistol pack and mama. <laughs> Baby, come on! There you go. <laughs> There you go. So that had to drive him a little nuts. I remember when you first took office and you were talking about uh, concealed carry and carrying on Capitol Hill. What was your reception like in Washington, D.C. originally? Uh, well, you know, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, called me the enemy within. And, you know, we put up oh. metal detectors around the House chamber. So, you know, it's very warm welcoming. Uh, let me Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, I want to I want to get to a, a number of things. I want to ask you this morning. Uh, President Zelensky addressed Congress this morning. Uh, what are your thoughts on the address this morning? And and wh- where's your heart in all of this? I know that in your heart as a human being, you want to do all you can to help them out. You also want to do the opposite of what Joe Biden is doing, which is nothing. Um, what are your thoughts after this morning? I mean, I think I I still say what I've been saying from the beginning. We we absolutely need to help Ukraine on a humanitarian level with lethal aid, uh, but we need to have a real stop to Russian energy imports. Um, we, we have to stop that, and it, not this fake Russian oil ban that Nancy Pelosi put up last week. Um, this was just virtue signaling uh, at its best. She puts forward this uh, suspension for Russian energy imports, but first of all, it doesn't start for 45 days. So for 45 days, we're going to continue to fund Putin uh, and, and everything mm. that he is doing to Ukraine while we send Ukraine a couple bucks, too. Like, don't worry, we, we feel bad for you. So here's some money. But we're also still funding the guys who are shooting at you every day. So there's that. But also, in addition to it uh, not even uh, taking effect for 45 days, there are waivers involved with it. So Joe Biden can say, actually, uh, we're going to waive the sanctions on the Russian energy imports. Uh, and, and there won't be sanctions there, and we'll continue to allow them. Uh, so I've actually put forward my own piece of legislation that truly bans Russian energy, as well as other bad actors like Iran and Venezuela, and we ramp up American energy production. We can do this with the Keystone XL pipeline, with AMWAR, with uh, removing the moratoriums on, on leases uh, right here in America, and, and really develop good, clean energy right here at home. So I'm tired of us funding Russia's war. We need to put America first again. And that certainly puts an end to Putin's uh, agenda and what he is doing because that cuts him off. 
I know that there is a great deal of concern among the American people. And I said uh, when Joe Biden was uh, in, <laughs> when he was uh, you know, put in office, I'll, that's all I have to say about the 2020 election, uh, that it's a matter of uh, limiting the amount of damage he could do before 2022 and 2024. And now that we are knee deep in this about uh, over a year into this, I see that there is a an ungodly amount of damage that is being done, not only Ukraine, but let's talk about the economy. What are your constituents saying when when 64% are living paycheck to paycheck, when when 81% of them are saying that, that this has really impacted, the price of gas has really impacted their lives? What are you hearing? This is exactly what I'm hearing. And we've been under one-party rule for Colorado and for quite some time now. But now we are under one-party rule as a nation, and I can't point to anything that is actually benefiting American citizens from the policies that are being put forward uh, by Democrats. I mean, think about this for a second. We have uh, skyrocketing inflation. We have a supply chain crisis. We have an open southern border with a complete invasion taking place. Two million illegal aliens coming into our country. The cartel are free to do whatever they want there. They're absolutely empowered by Joe Biden. And, you know, Joe Biden, he... He canceled construction of the border wall on day one, created that crisis on day one. But he's not saving any American taxpayers any money by canceling that construction because we're still paying some $5 million a day for a wall that's not being built. Those government contracts are still out there and they're still being paid. Uh, so he created the crisis at the southern border on day one. He, he created the energy crisis on day one by canceling the Keystone XL pipeline and the moratoriums that he put in place and, and all of these other horrible energy policies. Um, but, but let me tell you, Rob, today in Congress, rather than dealing with any one of these issues, uh, we're going to go ahead and debate the Crown Act. And that is hair discrimination legislation. So it's already illegal for someone to discriminate you because of your race, because of your gender, uh, and because of your religion. Um, but we're, we're going to go ahead and take an entire day in Congress to debate hair discrimination. This is not the priority for Americans <laughs> trying to feed their families, trying to fill up uh, their vehicles with gasoline to get to work. And, and this is what we're doing here in Congress. No one could effectively run a business the way Congress runs a country. So I don't know why we aren't here changing the way we do things here in Washington, D.C. This is why we need more patriots running for office to get involved. I'm tired of the excuse that somebody has enough experience and they know what to do. Well, apparently no one up here knows what to do yes. because none of them do it right. And I'm ready for a dramatic change here. So am I. And I, I want to ask you this. Uh, two things I, I have to get to today. One, you uh, made a, a little ruckus during the State of the Union address. Um, why and what kind of reaction have you gotten? Because I had no problem with it, by the way. Well, I, I have a new Gold Star mom in my district, and that was the hardest day of me serving in office um, was was taking that phone call. And I, I've talked to this mother multiple times since then, but to hear her heart, to hear her pain, and to, she, she told me, Joe Biden killed my son. And, and I've had conversations with her. I've prayed with her. And, and you know, it, it's a, a relationship that we've, you know, formed under the circumstances shouldn't happen. That what happened in Afghanistan was shameful. It was a surrender to the Taliban, and it it, it was an absolute disgrace. Joe Biden has said he makes no apology for it. He called it an extraordinary success. I don't see anything successful about that withdrawal, the way that was executed. And for Joe Biden 
at the State of the Union to ignore those 13 men and women who lost their lives because of his actions was absolutely shameful and, 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 and disgusting. So many people are upset because I broke decorum when, when Joe Biden started speaking about flag-draped coffins, and I said, you put them in them, 13 of them? Yep. They were upset that I interrupted a speech. Well, think about those 13 families whose lives are completely interrupted right now, completely disrupted. And so I am glad that I said what I said because those heroes are no longer ignored as he intended. As the commander-in-chief yep. who is in command of nothing had intended to ignore them, he couldn't. Even Jen Psaki said, look, the, the president just didn't have time. It was a 62-minute speech. Give me a break. He could have spoke longer if he wanted to. Uh, and, you know, he showed us all that he did not have time for those 13 service members. When they came back home to Dover, he was there checking his watch. He didn't yeah. have time for them then. <laughs> he didn't have time for them at the State of the Union. But I made darn sure that he was put in remembrance of them. What's going to happen in November? What are you going to do in December when Republicans take back both houses of Congress? What's, uh, what is on uh, top of your list? Because I've got about, oh, I don't know, a dozen things I'd like you to do. What's a priority for you? Sure. Well, I, there's obviously a lot of legislative things that I would like to do, but we don't know what that's going to look like um, through, all, uh, uh, through all the branches of government. We don't know what... Uh, we don't know what the Senate's going to look like. We don't know what the executive branch is going to look like. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe Joe Biden has to change of thought and says, you know, all of, all of my policies are terrible. Just give me what you have. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I doubt that he'll do that. But what I really want um, in the majority is for us to start having investigations. I want for us to have hearings and actually hold people accountable. And I'm motivated by uh, things that have happened in the past. Uh, if you remember, maybe almost 10 years ago. The Oversight Committee um, had hearings into the IRS with uh, investigations into the IRS of uh, the uh, corruption that was going on with them targeting conservative groups. And that resulted in the resignation of Lois Lerner. And so that's what I want to see with uh, Anthony Fauci. That's what I want to see WHO and uh, the NIH and uh, the 2020 elections. I want to have real investigations into what's taking place, what's going on. So we can actually hold someone accountable, because no matter what the Senate looks like, no matter what Joe Biden decides to sign in the White House, uh, we have that authority um, to bring people in and have them testify under oath and get real answers into what's going on in America and actually hold them accountable. One more thing, and a lot of people are talking about this, but it is a big deal to me. When you've got Rachel Levine uh, being named a woman, one of the women of the year by USA Today, when you've got Leah Thomas uh, competing against women at the NCAAs, uh, and I lost my mother last year, and my mother was a proud woman. You obviously are proud of being a woman. You are a strong, powerful woman. And to me, it is the ultimate diss for men who spend their entire lives uh, suddenly shaving their legs, growing their hair out, taking some hormones, and, and then taking things from women i want to know your thoughts about that and just what being a woman a powerful woman means to you Mm. uh so wow that was actually a really good question uh that last one (laughs) here um it's amazing we we can't dress up as a native american because that's cultural uh, appropriation Appropriation, but a man can dress up as a woman and that's not gender appropriation you know that's just him being a woman uh, we just celebrated International uh, Women's Day just uh, a- about a week ago. Yeah. And it's so great to be a woman. Even men want to be women now. <laughs> uh, 
yes. I know, uh, where the feminists are in this. Where are the marches? Where are the demands um, for, for this to stop? Women have come such a, a, a long way yeah. in our country. And uh, all of that to be taken away by a, a guy who feels pretty that day. Um, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's really frustrating. Um, yeah. uh, but um, for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud to be a woman. Um, I, I'm, I'm proud of, uh, of the, the relationship that I have, the, the marriage that I have. Um, I, I see, I don't see us as um, unequal. We are absolutely yes. equal and we have different strengths and different weaknesses. And I like to view that as, you know, my, my husband's strengths are different than mine. Yes. Um, some of them are physical and, you know, and, and you know, I, I have weaknesses in that area. But he doesn't expose my weakness. He yes. covers my weakness with his strengths. And I do the same for him. Amen. I don't expose the areas that he is weak. I take the strengths that I have and I cover those weaknesses so they are not exposed uh, to, to those around us. And then that's how we build a, a strong union together. And so I, I'm just tired of this um, this talk that men and women aren't equal. Of course we're not. We're supposed to use those parts that, that aren't equal to strengthen one another and, and to build together. And so, uh, you know, that that's what I see in all of this. It's, it's really frustrating that these women um, are, are now, you know, just striving for second place in, in these swim competitions and in other sports. We have men who uh, get into an MMA ring with a woman crushing oh, the and okay, a man can go to a Washington jail, say that he's a woman, go in a woman's pod and sexually assault a woman. Oh, and yeah. he's there because of sexual assault charges. You know, it, it's really frustrating, and, and you can't even debate reality with Democrats anymore. Um, they're so yeah. delusional. Uh, and, and, you know, not only can a, a man be a woman, but we can also chemically and physically castrate our children, and that's yes, it, it, ridiculous as well. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that's going on here, and we, yeah. we're trying to bring sense to it and sanity to it. All right, listen, we got to run. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. You are on Twitter at Lauren Boebert. You are also on Getter at Lauren Boebert as well. You will officially be known as not the firebrand, the spitfire rabble rousal. You're the pistol packing mama of this radio program. Uh, Lauren, a pleasure to have you on. Keep fighting the good fight, and I hope to talk again soon. Thanks so much. <laughs> talk to you you bet. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.